73 in unspent personnel costs due to vacancies throughout the ministry and $587,168 from the professional and consultancy vote in relation to the digitization project which is being deferred to 2024-2025. The reduction in capital program of $6.5 million comprises $5 million in savings from the South Dock Port Redevelopment Project and $1.5 million for the digitization project which, as mentioned above, is being deferred to 2024-2025. Mr. Chair, I think it is important to state the performance of the ministry relative to the areas that have been identified as savings so that your honorable committee and the members of the public are aware of the efforts being undertaken to deliver on every area of our program. Mr. Chair, while the ministry currently holds 29 vacancies in various stages of the recruitment process, the majority of which, I should say, have gone past interview. It is critical to note that the ministry commenced the financial year with a total of 23 vacancies, and over the course of the past nine months of the financial year, we have made a total of 23 appointments. However, of the 29 vacancies, 11 are due to internal promotions, five are due to retirement, we were given three new offices and supplementary appropriations, and there were other nominal movements throughout the ministry, like resignations. Mr. Chair, the digitization project, which we are very excited about, is well advanced with an improved business case and a reviewed draft ITT. We currently face two challenges. One, the drafting of the contract, which we are in the process of finalizing. We had to secure external assistance with the drafting of the contract, which must be attached to the ITT in order for it to be released. And we also have to do some legislative work around the protection of data to allow this project to advance. With that said, we do look forward to the tendering of this project in the upcoming financial year. And Mr. Chair, this completes my presentation overview for the ministry. And I welcome any questions that your honorable committee might have. Thank you. Thank you again, PSP, for always providing us with a very comprehensive overview. Um, I'll now open up the floor for questions by members. Um, we'll have the first question by Honorable Billiard. Good morning, uh, Mr. Chair. Good morning, PSP. Hope you're well. I'm not used to seeing you alone on the team. You normally have your full complement. So welcome once again. Uh, my question relates to the capital expenditure. I, I heard your explanation about the border services deattestation process but on the comments, the project to be reassessed. Just trying to see whether that uh, reassessment is what you explained or whether the project has been deferred to another time. Um, I, I cannot speak to the comments, as this is, is not my document, but I can say that the stage that the project is at is where the contract for the drop ITT is being finalized by our external legal um, consultant and we are we've begun the exploration of the data protection ordinance which is required and of course you know we need the border force ordinance which is um, already drafted and ready to go so um, I think the the comment about being reassessed is whether or not I think the government is considering whether or not the funding will be for 2024 or 2025 and I think that's what that comment meant, but I can't be sure.
but I do know that um, once we pass these two um, hurdles, we're at the point where we're ready to tender. And so I'm very confident that it can be done in 2024. Grateful for the confirmation, um, P.S. It's just that um, your explanation aligns with projects on target, going on, work in progress. The worry assess kind of uh, forced me to question. So I thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. Honorable Lassie. Yes, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chair. And I just want to say good morning to all those listening in Radio Land and uh, watching by Internet. And good morning to you, Madam P.S. Uh, happy to have you here. I just uh, want to clarify something. You said you started the year with 23 vacancies and you filled those 23 positions. Thank you for the question. Through the chair, um, that would be misleading if I were to say we started with 23 vacancies and we filled those 23 positions. That's not the case. So we started with 23 vacancies and we've made 23 appointments. And the reason for that clarification is this. Unless the government decides that it's not going to do promotions, internal promotions, each time you make an appointment from internal, you've created a vacancy. So of that 23, there may have been vacancies created throughout the year that we've also backfilled. And so, no, I will not say that the 23 vacancies that we started in, we filled those 23 vacancies. But I'll simply say that we started with 23 and we've appointed 23. Yes, uh, just a follow-up. So 23 was appointed and now it's 29 vacancies to date. That's correct. But it is important to also note that of that 29, um, based on my calculation that is presented in my overview document, you have about 19 which are new. That's 19 new positions? Yeah. At least. At, not new positions, sir. Through the chair, new vacancies. Yes, ma'am. So that's 19 new vacancies. And uh, Mr. Chair, if I may, just on that same line of thought. So, uh, Madam P.S., if I turn your attention to page 3.22, uh, Visa and Immigration, I'm just looking at the ones that have uh, huge uh, deductions and civil servant salaries. Uh, can you say what positions, if they're... Does visa and immigration have their full complement of staff? And if not, can you tell me what positions are vacant? Through the chair, thank you for the question. So we have 11 vacancies in visas and immigration. One intelligence manager, which we have sought to uh, recruit unsuccessfully, but we've now approached the executive with an alternate approach for this. Um, two intelligence officers. These were provided in the supplementary um, during the, this financial year. One senior immigration officer, which became vacant due to a promotion. Seven immigration officers. Interviews are all completed. One assistant immigration officer, which we are seeking to upgrade to the position of immigration officer, because as you know, 
we undertook the exercise several years ago to remove assistant officers from our um, complement. So those are the current vacancies. We also know that we have um, one resignation that occurred in January 2024, and we have one, one resig another resignation that is coming due February 29th. So that is the extent of the vacancies in the Department of Immigration and Visas. Yes, ma'am. And uh, just, just for clarity, so I can capture that, can you just repeat those vacancies just one more time? Right, so I want to make sure I capture it right. Through the chair, certainly. One intelligence manager, two intelligence officers, one senior immigration officer, seven immigration officers, one assistant immigration officer, and two recent immigration officers. So you can say a total of nine immigration officers instead of seven. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Yield at this time and come back in. Thank you, Honorable Lasser. Um, do we have any further questions by members? Um, we love Honorable Howell and then Honorable Belliard. Good morning, P.S. Bain. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, my question is from page number 3.18, and I, it's code number 34305, Professional and Consultancy. I noticed that um, you're giving back $587,000, and it's noted that the project is deferred. I'm just wondering if you're at liberty to share with us um, which project that may be. Through the chair, certainly. Um, as mentioned in my overview of the ministry and in response to a question prior, the project for digitization within the Ministry of Immigration and Border Services is currently being deferred to 2024-2025 based on the, the, the final two steps that need to be taken in order for this project to be tendered. We do not anticipate with six weeks left in the financial year that it is possible to commit these funds before the end of the financial year and hence the sensibilities of deferring. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable William, and then we love Honorable Bean. Through the Chair, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, PSB in the Department of Employment Services, the um, 245,314 due to vacancies. Um, obviously, it, it appears like it's not a full complement. So what positions are vacant, and, and also you may not be able to answer the second question, I hope you are, whether anything can be done in terms of perhaps incentivizing, making the positions more attractive through allowances. I see the allowances in, on the visa and immigration department uh, seems to be greater among than in the employment services department. I'm just wondering whether anything we can do to incentivize persons to apply for these positions. Through the chair, thank you for your questions. I believe I'll take question two, if you so permit, prior to question one. Um, I, I would never, as a leader and a member of the executive, recommend supplementing salaries with allowances. Um, and so even if we were to identify a need to review the salaries of employees in any area, but we're on labor, 
uh, it would never be my recommendation to supplement it with allowances. Um, with that said, the salaries of all civil servants was recently reviewed, and so they would have also received a sizable increase um, in their pay. The difference in allowances uh, between visas and immigration um, and labor is significant because visas and immigration, and, and immigration holds the task force allowance. And if you would recall, as this House approved, task force allowance range from $800 to $1,000 per officer. And so, um, and then you also have to look at the number of complement of staff, which is vastly greater in visas and immigration as opposed to in labor. Uh, and then you look at the, the, the degree and difficulty of work and the hours worked. So visa and immigration officers, which will become border force officers, as you know, they work extensive hours as opposed to labor, where they normally cut off at um, 4.30, like the rest of the civil service, right? Um, and so there would be significant differences in their allowances. Um, with that said, uh, I know that the... Um, Deputy Governor, she's championing the review of all allowances throughout government and without preempting that, I'm sure that there will be some changes coming on stream that they will benefit from. If I were to go to your first question, which is the current vacancies in um, employment services, uh, we currently have um, the Commissioner of Labor, three labor inspectors, one clerical assistant, one research and planning officer, one finance officer, and one senior caseworker supervisor. And I should note that this is at the 31st of December, and so we do have labor inspectors that have been appointed since then. So um, some of those, three of those vacancies were created through promotions. Thank you. Can, can you please repeat it? Certainly, Chair. Labor Commissioner, three Labor Inspectors, one Clerical Assistant, one Research and Planning Officer, one Finance Officer, one Senior Caseworker Supervisor. Thank you, PS. Do we have any further questions by members? With no further questions, PS Bain, we want to thank you for appearing before us this morning and answering all of the questions posed before you. So thank you and do have a good morning. Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Committee. We'll adjourn the session for five minutes as we await the National Security Secretariat. Before us, we have P.S. Clevo, who's also representing the Governor's Office as well as the National Security Secretariat, um, but we'll take the Governor's Office first. Um, before we get into the line of questioning by members, P.S., um, I'll afford you an opportunity to give us a brief overview. Then we'll proceed with the line of questioning by members. Good morning, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. I am Dr. Virginia Clevo, currently the Permanent Secretary for the Governor's Office. And I'm also here in the capacity of um, the National Security Secretariat, representing the Permanent Secretary, uh, Mr. Tito Leipan. So with regard to the Governor's Office, 
We have several agencies or statutory bodies, Human Rights Commission, Chief Internal Auditor, Elections Office, Complaints Commission, Financial Intelligence Agency, Integrity Commission, and the National Audit Office that I will be speaking on their behalf. Thank you. Thank you, P.S. Clever. Um, we now open up the floor for questions by members. Honorable Lassard, you may proceed. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, good morning to you, P.S. Dr. Clevo. Uh, I'm looking at the National Audit Office. I see there's a deduction of 134,145 in civil servant salary. Does the National Audit Office have its full complement of staff? And if not, what positions are vacant? Mr. Chair, through you, thank you very much, Honorable Astrid, for that question. The National Audit currently have four vacant positions, the Deputy National Audit Officer, the Senior Financial Audit Manager, the Audit Principal, and the Senior Admin Officer. Just to let you know that these positions have been advertised, shortlisting has been completed, and we are about to conduct interviews for them shortly. Yes, uh, can you just repeat that one more time for me, please? The deputy, the senior financial audit manager, the audit principal, and the senior admin officer. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Honorable, do you have a follow-up? Yes. Um, I think but that, uh, no, Mr. Chair, I'll leave that. I see the allowances going, you know, I was going to ask a question on the allowances, but I'm adding them up, and I see where they're coming from, some of those positions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have any further questions by members? Honorable Bellier. Through the chair. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good, uh, good morning, P.S. Clevo, Dr. Clevo. Uh, you said you're here to speak on behalf of the Financial Intelligence Unit, um, but I don't see any, um, any reference to that unit in the book. Is there any changes to their staff complement or any changes? Thank you very much. Um, through you, Mr. Chair, there's no changes, but they do fall under the Governor's Office, so if you had a question, then I would have to be prepared to answer it. Grateful. If there's no changes and no questions as it relates to the FIA, but my question relates to the uh, page 3.1, the replacement furniture and equipment. Which office does that relate to? It's on page 3.1, line item 33399. That is through you, Mr. Chair. That is related to um, the governor's office. Um, as you would probably be aware, the governor's office is increasing the number of staff and there's a need for additional space as well as equipment for the staff. Sorry, I should have been a bit clearer. I said governor's office grant talk or governor's office providenciality? Governor's office generally, but if I had to pinpoint it would be um, the staff are currently located in providenciality. But if there's a need for any equipment in grant talk office, then 
it would be also provided. Thank you, Pierre. Do we have any further questions by members? Honorable Bean? Yes, Dr. Clevel. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Um, at, the radar, at the radar, I see that there's 101 transferred. I assume that salary. Yes, and salaries, civil servants' salaries. Oh, that's on the police. Sorry. That's on the police, yeah. Okay. I'm moving too far ahead. Mr. Chair. Um, Honorable Lasswood, you may proceed. Yes, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Uh, Madam P.S., uh, you said that the governor's office is expanding. Uh, does the governor's office currently have its full complement of staff? And if so, if not, what positions are vacant? Through you, Mr. Chair, yes, the governor's office currently have its full complement of staff. Yes, and uh, we are anticipating new staff for the extra furniture or just the space right now is too, it's um, not conducive to, for the staff to be in. It's, it's both, Mr. Chair, through you, it's both actually. You would have recalled that the governor recently had a permanent secretary that came on board. So you have to factor those factors in and also a, a personal assistant. So the number of staff has increased over the years and um, also requiring equipment for existing staff as well as those that recently joined. For the chair, uh, just a follow-up. Does the governor's office have a deputy PS? The, there is someone currently in the position, so the post is not vacant at the moment. So the answer is yes. The governor's office currently has a deputy permanent secretary. So that's uh, PS, deputy PS, director. The title was changed to deputy permanent secretary. It was always on par at that same level. So the, the correct title is deputy permanent secretary. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's where I was getting confused with the director or deputy PS, the structure there. Thank you very much. Do you have any further questions by members? Sorry, just one more. Yes. Honorable Ashwin. Yes. And the personal assistant, is that someone who was recruited locally or is that someone who came with the governor? That is a local post. Um, it was a transfer from another department into the, into the governor's office. It is a local. Okay. Thank you very much. Do we have any further questions? With no further questions, um, thank you. Uh, P.S. Clevel for answering the questions posed to you under the governor's office. We'll now move forward to the National Security Secretariat. Um, again, if there's any information you want to share prior to the line of questioning, so we can go right into the line of questioning. Okay. Yes, Mr. Chair. All right. So we'll now open up the floor for questions by members. Honorable Billy, you may proceed. Thank you to the chair. Um, Dr. Clevo, uh, disaster management and, and emergencies, um, what, what, what vacancies are in that department? Because there seems to be uh, a savings of 93098 Through you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Honorable, for that question. Under the Department of Disaster Management, 
the deputy director post. There's a second deputy director of disaster management. One is based in Grand Turk and the second one will be based in Provo. It is currently vacant, but we are at the advanced stage because we're currently doing shortlisting for that position. And also the media manager, the public information and media manager is vacant. There's a training manager post that is vacant. Shortlisting has been completed. Interviews have been completed. And we're just waiting on um, decisions from the, permanent, the Public Service Commission. So they are the advanced stage. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Dr. Clever, and for the contingency military force, I mean, the, the savings are doubled, um, 208,790. Can you please tell us what, what vacancies are open in, in the contingency force? Through you, Mr. Chair, the regiment also has some vacant positions. They have uh, a regiment second in command post that was vacant. The recruitment has been completed. We are at the advanced stage of offering the successful candidate a contract. So that is currently being reviewed. They also have an assistant warrant training officer that is currently vacant. And um, they're also, they're at the interviewing stage for that one, I believe, as well. And that would have come for the funds that you're seeing. Thank you. Do we have any further questions? You may proceed, Honorable. Uh, Mr. Chair, can I just ask uh, PS uh, to repeat those positions for me? Mr. Chair, through you, the vacant positions under the DDME are a second deputy director. based in Provo, a media manager, public information and media manager, a training manager, that's for DDME. Under the regiment, we have second in command, a major second in command, and we have an assistant warrant training officer. And the Deputy Permanent Secretary for National Security is also vacant. But that falls directly under the Secretariat. Yes, thank you very much. Do we have any further questions? No further questions. We want to thank you, P.S. Clevo, for appearing before us today and for answering the questions posed to you by the committee. Thank you and do have a good morning. Thank you very much. We will now have the House of Assembly. I want to thank you, uh, Ms. Parker, for appearing before us today. Um, as we proceed through the line of, before we proceed to the line of questioning, um, we just ask if, if there's a brief overview that you would like to provide us with prior to proceeding um, with questions by members. Good morning, uh, Mr. Chair, and good morning, honorable members. Um, no, sir, I'm opening open to the line of questioning. Thank you. Um, we'll now open up the floor for questions by members. We'll have a question by Honorable Billiard and then by Honorable Bean. Thank you to the Chair. Good morning, Ms. Parker. 
Now, the changes I see in the supplementary leads to um, employment costs. Can you give us some details on that, please? Yes, sir. For the chair, um, we have a vacant um, position of administrative officer. Um, that position, the interviews have been conducted already, and um, the recommendations is now with PSC, and we should be getting some something back within the next few days to fill that position. And then there's the position of the um, assistant assistant clerk. That position, the job um, description, and has already been forwarded to the HR department. And I would hope that um, it goes on the next batch for um, recruitment. At what is my for recruitment? Thank you. Do we have any further questions? You may proceed. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Ms. Parker, although um, it's not, um, doesn't seem to be any changes at their regards here, but I just want to ask a general question that I'm sure many will be happy to hear. Uh, are we on, on, on target date to relocate to a permanent home and hand this back to the students? Through the chair, um, honorable member, the House of Assembly has begun its relocation um, process Saturday last. Um, you would notice that we are now in a makeshift parliament set up, and we hope to continue on Friday, not to speak, to have everything back in the NGS Francis building um, come early next week. And then the process will begin to to turn the turnover process will begin. So we're looking for um, at early March. Grateful, grateful, and happy to hear the confirmation. Thank you. Do you have any further questions by members? But no further questions. I want to thank you, uh, Ms. Parker, for appearing before us. Thank you. Sir. We'll take a five-minute recess as we await the appearance of the police, Attorney General's Chambers, the Office of the Premier, and the Ministry of Tourism. Now resume the session of the Appropriations Committee. We have before us to, this morning the Ministry of Tourism in the person of P.S. Wesley-Clevel. P.S. Clevel, if there's any preliminary information that you'd like to provide for us before we get into the line of questioning. We'll get straight into the line of questioning by members. And I'll open up the floor for questions. You may proceed, Honorable Billiard. Thank you, Chair. P.S. Clevel, good morning to you, sir. The Department of Tourism uh, Regulation. It's the savings of 223,218. Um, well, is this department to full complement? And if not, what are the vacancies in this department? Um, thank you very much for that question, sir. Um, no, sir, we are not at our full complement. And for the most part, some of the vacancies mostly spread throughout the ministries. Um, the, the ministry, the department, and, um, and various departments. So you've had over the, for example, um, the tourism regulations department, which was started 
um, late. Um, the, we, were, we were budgeted for a protracted number of months, but there are some vacancies still, although recruitment is ongoing. There are some vacancies, some posts we've had to go out two, three times for recruitment. And there are some vacancies, for example, in agriculture, which is in wage farm laborers. Those positions are difficult to find, especially when you're talking about positions for North Caicos. Um, there are some positions in fisheries where we've had upward mobility, fisheries officer being promoted or fill in posts of senior fisheries and maritime officer, thus creating a gap from that current position the officer in. So upward mobility within the department um, speaks to a lot of the recruitment that we've been doing, which is a good thing in terms of um, a lot of young persons in the Department of Succession Planning is working. And so you have that gap always in the department, but we are continuing to do so. We have a few shortlist candidates for positions of maritime and fisheries as we speak, as well as the Deputy Director of Fisheries and Deputy Director of DCR are all vacancies that we have right now. We have about four, five, seven vacancies, Deputy Director of Fisheries, Deputy Director of DCR, Maritime Officer, Wage Officer for Agriculture. Thank you to the Chair. And as it relates to the Department of Tourism Regulation, what vacancies we have there? Um, in the Department, we have um, currently vacant as a Senior Admin Officer. We are hoping to restructure that post to have a training officer in place instead of a senior officer. We, we're doing a lot of training in the department and we feel our priority is for a training officer. We have a admin officer position that is also vacant. We believe that admin officer is sufficient to meet the need that the senior admin would have filled and we have one controller that is still vacant. Thank you. Do we have any further questions by members? Yes, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We'll have Honorable Aswad and then Honorable Lau. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, P.S. Clever, looking at agriculture again, uh, as this is different to see that uh, you have a high number of wage staff right here. How much farm, you said this represent mostly the farm on North Caicos, some 82,000 some $82,040 in wage staff being removed here for agriculture. What positions does that represent if they are not at their full capacity? I believe that is speaking to two positions for wage staff, um, farm laborers. Um, I'm confirming that for you right now, but it's farm laborers that we're looking for in the wage category. Um, I will confirm those figures for you and get back to you. Okay, thank you very much. And I would assume that's about three or four, being as is. I suspect as much, but I will confirm that for you. I know for a fact that they are relating to farm laborers, um, one or two um, 
maintain it, if you call it that. I, I'll confirm the, the title of the position for you, but um, we've been having very difficulty with those um, first level posts, especially as it relates to farm laborers. Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Chair, if I may. You yes, may yes, you may follow. And on page 3101, I see wages again, uh, 29,985. And why I am focusing on this, because as we know, this is more unskilled or low-skilled uh, wage staff. So I'm trying to wonder what is the difficulty in getting those positions filled. I understand the uh, farm laborers in North Caicos. Is this uh, wage stuff for staff for the Department of Environmental and Coastal Resources? Yes, this is two laborers again in the Department of Environmental and Coastal Resources. I think they are called um, maintenance or maintenance, um, like park maintenance officers or something like that. Um, and those two have been vacants for the year again. It's not, it's not for lack of trying, but again, this year we, we're looking at how we're going to restructure those positions as well. Yes, okay. Thank you very much for that. And uh, just a clarification again, uh, the tourism regular rate, uh, I'm trying to find it as I'm, I'm speaking. 3104. Three, okay, yes. Sorry. Just give me a second, Mr. Chair. Yes. And you said this this ninety thousand is related to a senior admin officer and at and and at a controller? Well, it's three positions that we have that are vacant right now, but I would also add that some of those, there's additional um, savings where we would have pro projected, for example, that um, let's say we have made um, eight months provision, but if we, our recruitment is later than we had anticipated, then there will be some map-up as well from those months that we would have budgeted for, but um, would, have, would not have recruited at that period. So we have three vacancies at the moment, but there were um, delays in the recruitment. For example, the deputy director position was not, did not come on board as soon as we would have expected. Um, other positions like quality assurance officers would have come in um, earlier on, but there are positions that are still empty. And that's a deputy director for the tourism regulations uh, Department of Tourism Regulations, Deputy Director. That post is filled now. Okay. So the po vacancies are Senior Admin Officer, Admin Officer, Controller. Okay. Yes. And I noticed that uh, housing allowance is attached to that. Are we anticipating recruiting from outside the jurisdiction? Um, we in budgeting, oftentimes you make provision in the especially in your first year. You make provision, especially if you don't know where you're going to get your candidates from. Um, it could be persons that are in the public service and would have to end up going to approval. But bottom line, you make provision. So in the event that you you don't use it, then this exercise here is where you mop it up. But you don't want to find yourself in a provision where you did not make provision for it and you cannot facilitate it and you're in the red. 
No, that, thank you. Thank you very much for that explanation. Honorable Howe. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Pierce Clavel. I'm reading from your capital expenditure um, where you're, you had a veterinary clinic with an original allocation of 200000 And now you're giving that back, and it's noted that project to be reassessed. Can you elaborate, please? Chair, it's not for a lack of um, need. It is um, unfortunate. Um, but time has run against us in the procurement process. Um, there's definitely an urgent need for it. The reality of it is that this is a, a, a veterinary mobile clinic that is a specialized equipment that you cannot procure through the normal process. It requires single-source procurement waiver. Um, we have requested that waiver for months now, and, and unfortunately, we're still waiting on that. Um, but it is not for lack of need. Um, the, these equipment are only made and sold only to veterinarian clinic, and there's only one company in the United States that sell outside of the United States. Unfortunately, we are bound by these procurement rules, and until such time that a waiver is granted, I was not powered to proceed. So time has gone against us, and unfortunately it would mean that next year we will not have that equipment. Does that mean then that we will not see figures for this particular item in next year's budget? We will continue to make requests for it. Um, if the funding is available, we'll go through the normal procedures again and ask for a waiver, but at the end of the, this process, um, the equipment was scheduled for Grand Dark. We will not have that for Grand Dark unless the funds are available. Thank you, sir. Um, I have a next question uh, in regards to the... Yes, um, uh, before you move off that, uh, Honorable Howell, I want to stick with the uh, veterinary clinic uh, just before you move off that. Uh, P.S. Uh, Clivo, I would just recommend that uh, if we are attempting to put it back, that we put in for additional parts, spare parts that can be, uh, you know, uh, damaged very easy. As we know, uh, we had a veterinary cl clinic, mobile one that sit behind the clinic in Grand Turk and just went to waste because couldn't source one or two small parts and just set up there the whole mobile clinic and went to waste, deteriorate. So I would urge that if we are putting in, scoping this again, that we put in for spear parts that those consumables. And, and that was one of the reasons why um, a veterinary, the choice of the U.S. meant that parts was easily accessible and that you, it's not one of those vehicles that you can just take off the shelf. It is specialized parts, specialized Equipment now, a standard transmission is a standard transmission, but the other parts of the vet clinic is specialized, and so that is one of the reasons why we needed to get a waiver, so that 
even if we don't have parts sitting down, it would help us if there's a need for a part, we wouldn't have to go through that procurement process of because we would have had a relationship with the vendor to say, we need these parts. Yes, uh, thank you very much for that. And thank you for your indulgence, Mr. Chair and uh, Honorable. Thank you very much. Thank you, um, Honorable Howell, you may proceed. Yes, my next question was, um, in regards to the additional $100,000 for the biosecurity and animal, and animal husbandry project. Um, that is a project that have been underway for the past two years. Um, basically, as we develop, more and more people are coming through our borders with um, animal plant product that may affect our biodiversity. So you may not have noticed, but agriculture have been at the airport and the ports doing inspection whenever a plane come in, particularly um, planes coming out of Haiti and DR, bringing in fruits and those items. Um, the biosecurity um, proposal um, project will allow the department in collaboration with the airport authority to build a small little room attached to the terminal. Um, probably right where you saw a tourist board used to have a booth at the airport. And that would allow for private screening of some of these bags and not necessarily having people product mangoes and stuff all laid out on the floor or elsewhere. So that funding allows for that boot to be built, and also animal husbandry. We are doing marvelous things right now with the Q Farm in terms of projects. Um, we are currently surveying the Q Farm with the idea of uh, to be um, leasing out lots to persons to do farming, agro farm. In anticipation for that, um, there are a couple of things that need to be put in place whether it's an animal um, slaughterhouse, pump room, those things. And so the animal husbandry speaks to those fundamental basic as a start to have on the property, which would be common shared resources once we lease out small lots of land to persons to farm on the Q farm, they will have common packing areas, common areas. So that is the... Um, that is the animal husbandry part. So those two projects were underfunded based on bids received, and the additional funding will help to make sure those projects um, are implemented in this coming year. Thank you for that, sir. And my last question to you is of the uh, 50000 for the refurbishment of hostable complex in North Cables. Um, there are a number of community projects that are well needed um, and parks project that are well needed that we have in the budget this year. Horse um, Stable Beach is one of those. We have Bambara Beach renovation. We have um, Bite Park renovation. Those are a number of projects. And that additional funding is to facilitate shortage in, in the funding based on our estimate and based on, on projected bids coming in, that funding would to meet those gaps so that that project can go forward. 
Thank you, sir. One follow-up. Honorable Lasso. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, through the chair, uh, P.S. Clevo, uh, speaking on the biosecurity room at the airport, how is that impacted by the, uh, the privatization or the PPP? As you know, before uh, the airport's authority was adverse of another room or a container being at the airport at that time for agriculture. How is this going forward? Is this acceptable to go forward now, or do we still have challenges, TCIG still have challenges in getting through uh, the authorities at the airport, in particular now moving to a PPP? Um, I cannot speak to historical, but I can say since I've been PS and conversation we've had with the airport authority, they have been very supportive of that in the understanding that there is a need to have these screening rooms to be more private. And we've gone several layers of meetings, discussions, understanding where we can put it so it's not too intrusive and also it meets the goal. So the, the location that has selected was come about after months of consultation and agreement. So we are on one accord with, them, with the airport authority on this. Thank you very much, and there's no interruption with the PPP. It will go forward regardless. I don't think it has an impact on a PPP. I'm not involved, but as, as far as I understand, there's no uh, impact on that. No, as, as, as I was speaking to the airport extension, will that flow into the future extension, or that will be just temporary? That's, that's where I'm getting at more, not the contract itself. Does that structure flow into the I think the, the best way to answer that is that we all have come to realization that there need to be permanent um, position for agriculture for screening. So regardless of any airport building going forward, there need to be a permanent fixture for airport for agriculture to be able to do screening. Whether it's in collaboration with custom room, there has to be a, a facility for screening. Um, the PPP is still at infant stages, so I suspect it will be part of the incorporation, but I think the, going, the acceptance now, as opposed to five years ago, there is a strong understanding we have to have agriculture doing pest control and inspection um, in a room. Yes, uh, just to the chair, uh, I don't want to belay this point, but I'm going to get off it now. I just want us not to miss the mark that we're putting up a structure that in one year, six months, they're going to say, okay, we have to tear it down because all this is going to be arrivals, all this area is going to be used for this, and within one year, there will be a different plans, and we have thrown away money. So I just want to know that this will be incorporated, what we plan to build now. We know that there's a need, but what we plan to build now will be for the future and not just temporary and have to be torn down or something like that. Chair, I really can't answer that. Um, I guess if there is a need, if, if it's not in that location, there will be built in another location for the department as part of the expansion of the airport. What I'm saying is, whether it's there or somewhere else, there will always be, as far as I understand, a room, a space. Um, they may convert that space to something else and give us somewhere else, but there will always be a need for us to be there. Yes, definitely. There is a need, yes, even currently. 
Thank you very much for that, Mr. Chair. Thank you for the indulgence. Do we have any further questions? With no further questions, we want to thank the Ministry of Tourism for appearing before us today. Um, and do have a good afternoon. Um, we will now have the Premier's office. Good morning. Uh, before us now, we have the office of the Premier, um, and we'll allow DPS Williams to give us a brief overview and to introduce the other member of our team um, before we get into the line of questioning by members. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, committee, chair. Um, my name is Lomiko Williams. I'm the Deputy Permanent Secretary for the Office of the Premier in Public Policy. With me today, I have Director Kathleen Forbes, who is responsible for Strategic Policy and Project Department. The Office of the Premier, as it stands, as it says, actually um, covers the Office of the Premier and all its duties as well as Communications Directorate, Radio Turks and Caicos, and SPBD. So we focus on policy development and moving policies along um, within, within the government. Thank you, um, DPS Williams, for that brief overview. Um, we'll now open up the floor for questions by members. Honorable Lassard, you may proceed. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Premier's office for appearing before us this morning and welcome. May I turn your attention to page 3.122? Uh, 600,000 being taken away from program management. Can you tell me exactly what is that program management and why can it be under, uh, can monies be taken away from it? What is program management? What exactly is that? Program management. Line, line item three, three six. Zero nine nine. Zero nine nine, yes. To the chair, thank you for the question, Honorable. The program management account was developed to um, pay for the consultancy services of the National Development Unit. Um, these funds were to hire uh, staff consultancy staff for the unit itself. The consultancy was tendered twice. It's currently being tendered again for the third time. Um, and given that we have not received uh, the suitable candidates, everything was outside of the range. We are now, the money is being taken to utilize in other areas because we will not meet the procurement deadline to be able to facilitate any payments before the March 31st end of this budget cycle. Okay. Uh, just a uh, follow-up, Mr. Chair, if I may. So we did some work from that. I see one, $1,779,000 remains. So that, that has been utilized? Yes. So we have utilized, like I said, the funding is for the National Development Unit. So there has been works done through that unit already. And the remaining funding was actually for the positions to be um, allocated. We are in a tendering phase at this moment for it, so we are anticipating that we will have a candidate or consultant that will be able to fill that role. So there is funding available to pay for that consultant to activate the contracts. But other than that, we will not be able to finish the 
remaining 1.7 by the end of the financial year. So the remaining um, 600,000 was sent, returned to the budget. Thank you. Thank you very much. And just for clarification, that is for consultancy. Yes, sir. Not for staff. It is a staff post with a consultancy. It was determined by policy that for the National Development Unit, for the first two years, it would be an actual consultancy, not staff build. It's anticipated that after the two-year consultancy, through training, et cetera, that we will have um, personnel in that position to continue that unit. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just trying to see how I wrap my head around how TCIG issues consultancy and two-year staff, you know, if it is the same. So not, not for you, but I'll have to wrap my head around the use of the word consultancy. Thank you very much. Do we have any further questions by members? Um, DPS Williams, I'm looking at the the... Radio Turks and Caicos, um, and looking at the adjustments being made, can you provide some clarity on page 3123? Yes. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> Radio Turks and Caicos uh, was absorbed into the Office of the Premier last year, I think May, um, and with that came their budget. Uh, we understand that their budget is came very small for the works that they are required to complete. So um, we figured, we found that in there, there were some discrepancies in regards to their salaries and some of the allowances that were allocated. And this was due to when they came, they came during a, a time when there was the change in um, pay grading. So it wasn't accounted for properly, or I would say properly, it wasn't accounted for with their staff. So now that has been um, rectified, and going forward, the budget should be, uh, the staff or PME should be up to standard. But otherwise than that, if you see their budget is rather small for what they're required to do uh, in regards to uh, machinery, technical capacity, et cetera, that is needed for the unit. Um, so not preempting anything, so is it fair to say that we could potentially see um, an increase due to the staffing complement, uh, understanding the nature of Reno Turks and Caicos and the service that they deliver. Um, they so, have sorry, and, and, and just to add to that, um, do we, can we also, um, from an operational standpoint, and you can also provide some information in that light as well? To the Chair, to chair thank you for the question. Uh, there has been overtures for Increases in radio Turks and as the budget is still being determined, uh, those have been uh, left with the budget office in regards to uh, our submissions on, on behalf of radio Turks and Caicos. I would not try to go ahead of the budget cycle to speak to what is in it at this time, um, but that is our operationally, the operational budget um, stands at this moment at approximately I think three hundred thousand give or take a few thousand dollars. Thank you um, for answering those questions. Post you. Um, um, do you have a follow-up question by Honorable um, Aswit? Yes, uh, Mr. Chair, thank you very much. Uh, while we are on RTC, I just want to jump right in here. Uh, 
Madam PS, do you know that uh, RTC and Provo is currently uh, homeless, I should say? And is there anything here to rectify that, or does that rely within the next department? Through the chair, thank you for the question, Honorable. Yes, um, RTC, along with another department that is shared space with, were temporarily home, are homeless or were temporarily homeless, and this was due to the repairs being done or needed for the facility itself. There is a, in this budget in the supplementary um, funding allocation for a new home for them, but I would leave that to the requisite department to speak to how that is going about, as that is not my budget submission. And I'm assuming we when housing comes before. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 ma'am. Thank you very much. Just one follow-up, Mr. Chair, if I may. The professional and consultancy, 84,000 in RTC, what is that used for? Through the chair, thank you. The 84,000 in professional consultancy is used mainly for supplementary um, staffing. This is for um, hosts and newscasters that they require any technical um, capacities that they do not have in-house or specialty skill that they do not have in-house that they would need, whether it's someone to carry out a news broadcast somewhere or um, a technic technician that they would need to carry out repairs, etc. This is what this funding is utilized for, professional services. Okay, thank you very much. Um, DPS Williams, I'm looking at the communications directory on page 3.124. Um, can you, based on the adjustments here, can you speak, can you provide some background information? The adjustments, thank you. Um, with the adjustments for the communications directorate, currently the communications directorate is housed within the office of the premier um, and public service. We had salaries um, deduction um, lowered and that transcended over the pub uh, personal emoluments. And this is because we, uh, we're recruiting a director for the communications directorate. Um, that that, re that um, process has been completed, uh, so these funds would roll over for the position in the next financial year. So at that time, uh, we have not um, received the new director in posters yet, so we have these funding available. Um, so is the director post the only vacancy that you currently have? Within the communications directorate, uh, no, we also have a graphics, um, a graphic designer that is also vacant within the communication directorate. And that post also is to be re-advertised. All other posts are filled. Honorable Williams. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Through the Chair. Um, WPS, back to uh, Radio Toxin Caicos. The revenue for commercials, radio commercials. I know you don't want to anticipate what's coming up in the budget, but is there any plans to enhance this and look at other potential utilization of radio toxin cakes to increase this revenue line item? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, if I can chime in for a moment, um, that will be regarded as a policy um, question. Um, it should be um, advanced during the Committee of Supply. Um, as the officer that is appearing today may not will will not be able to speak to that, as she would have to be led by policy direction. 
Thank you for your intervention, PS Finance. Do we have any further questions, Mr. Yes, Mr. Chair. You may proceed, Honorable Officer. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Madam PS, uh, looking at page 3.120, uh, I am looking at uh, wage, wages decreasing by $14,772. Uh, are there any vacant wage positions in this unit? Public policy and strategic management. Thank you, through Chair. Yes, there is one vacant position, and this is for a cleaner um, that is currently vacant. Um, this position is to be advertised, but we're trying to actually change the uh, naming of the post from cleaner, for, and this person would be for the office of the Premier in Granter. Uh, just, just one follow-up. Uh, does the premier's office get cleaners from estates as other departments or is it something special or something different? Currently, sorry, thank you for the question. Currently in Grand Turk, we share a space with um, finance, Ministry of Finance as well. So there's one cleaner that has been identified um, through the estates management, yes. But this post would be for the office of the premier in the House of Assembly. So this post has always been here. I am not sure if there's, truly cannot say if there's a, a policy directive, but this person would be cleaning the person, the premier's office in the, in the House of Assembly. Very similarly, we have a post in our provo office of the same nature, that they are, off, they are employed at the premier's office. Yes, uh, just, just a quick follow-up. I'm just trying to see the structure here as uh, the cleaners for the Premier's office. I'm not questioning it. It's separate from the general cleaners uh, in the states, the general cleaners. Yes, sir. This cleaner will be separate from the cleaning general cleaners of the state management. Okay. And who does the interview and recruitment for the cleaners for the Premier's office? This will be done through the Human Resource Management Directorate, as all positions are. So this recruitment uh, will be done by the staff, either myself, um, the PS, uh, or any relevant staff. So that is the personnel that will carry out um, the interview process, along with the human resource director. Is, is housing included in that, who manage the cleaners for government? This will be my first time, but I would assume yes, sir. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, just one uh, to you. I was looking for a cleaner for the leader of the opposition office as that person in the future will need that cleaner also. It will not me be me since I have, will have a cleaner. So I'm just wondering if it's in the House of Assembly, whoever from your team as leader of the opposition would need a cleaner also. I think your, your concern should, be, should have been taken up with the House of Assembly, um, but your point would be noted. Um, <laughs> Uh, Honorable Bean? Yes, um, Director, Director, Jepsack, Williams. Um, on the same page, the public policy, yes, um, 31005, over time, I see that there's 100, 100 and 100,000. $611 in overtime. That's quite an increase. Can you tell us? 
thank you for the question. As you know, there is the Premier has an aide de camp as well as a close protection officer. These officers are required for him wherever he goes, whenever he goes. We currently, um, for the officer, the Premier only have one close protection officer assigned. Um, we are working with the Royal Church of Kings Police Force to identify a second to help offset these costs. So these overtime rates are paid to these individuals where they're required to be with the Premier at his functions when he's at the office all day, weekends, holidays, wherever he is, they're there. So they are paid the rate of over the government hours, where the holidays, rates, etc. So it does add up, sir. Yes, I, and just following up to that, uh, from your explanation, uh, P.S., I just was wondering if, you know, that figure is actually sufficient for the two persons, Grand Turk and Provo, to be with the premiers 24-7. Those persons are always with the premier, you know, so I do see that that overtime would be, you know, substantial. And there is a revised estimate for that of 140000 going forward as we recognize that change. Thank you, uh, DPS. Um, Honorable Lau. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. DPS Williams. Good morning to you and your team. Um, from the development budget, there is no increase or decrease, but looking at the digitization phase two, I'm just wondering why well, I thought to ask, how is that project progressing? Thank you, through Chair. The digitization, this is the national ID project. It is ongoing. Uh, we currently have the team on the ground um, going through the project at, as we speak and moving it forward. Um, we have hit a little roadblock in regards to supplementary staff required. However, we are working towards that. So at this moment, we are moving very well So for the national ID. Is there any date? When it goes live. <laughs> Apologies, I'm not able to give that date at this time. Thank you. Do we have any further questions by members? With no further questions, we'd like to thank the Office of the Premier for, becoming, for appearing before us this afternoon um, and for answering the questions posed. So we wish you a good afternoon and thank you for coming. Thank you. We will now have the the Attorney General's Chambers. Good afternoon. Thank you for have for the Deputy Attorney General for appearing before us to represent the Attorney General's Chambers this afternoon. Um, if you do have any preliminary information that you'd like to provide to us prior to the line of questioning. Um, we'll allow you to do so now. If not, we can go straight into the line of questioning by members. Thank you and good afternoon, Chair and members of this committee. At this point, I do not have any statement, and I'll take your questions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we'll now go into the line of questioning by members. Honorable Bailey, you may proceed. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, good afternoon, Acting Attorney General. Uh, my question is on page 3.11, the Valuation Office. It's a savings of 106514 um, What vacancies uh, are, 
are we unable to fill up in that department? Thank you, Chair. Through you, um, at the moment, I believe, and I don't have the information on hand, but I believe um, my recollection is valuation officer, an assistant valuation officer, maybe. Um, most of these vacancies throughout the lands division are vacancies related to the implementation of the recommendations from the Crown Land Review. Some of them um, have been, these, the recruitment for these positions have been on the way for a while. At the moment, as far as I know, most of them are at the advanced stages, i.e. onboarding with the, um, you know, migrant health process. And so we are at the advanced stages, but until the person is actually in country and taking up office, these um, savings would remain. But most of the recruitment have been undertaken and we are at the advanced stages of having the people on island, on, in country, I should say. But most of them will be actually on island in Grand Turk. Do we have any further questions by members? Honorable Bean, you may proceed. Yes, um, <clears throat> the survey and mapping department, does the same thing apply there for the 144,361? Thank you, Chair and Honorable Member. Yes, the same thing would apply. Most of the positions are in relation to additional manpower that was allocated to the lands division um, and the budget. However, there are some positions that arise due to resignations or um, due to promotions, and so there's a vacancy left. Um, I can preempt, for example, with the lands, land registry currently the registrar of land post is vacant. Um, we are in the advanced stages of that recruitment. A recommendation has already been made to um, the PSC, and there are one or two other land administration officer posts that exist in the divisions. But throughout the lands division and all four of the departments, most of the vacancies relate to the additional manpower that was given in this financial year um, as a result of the recommendations from the Crown Land Review. Thank you very much. You answered three questions in one. Um, Mr. Chair. You may proceed. Uh, no, I, I will proceed to you, but I will not direct my question to the acting AG for obvious reasons, but I would want someone to ask if we are looking to recruit most of these positions from overseas, if one of the officers, one of the honorable members can ask concerning that. <laughs> Mr. Chair, I'll put forward the question for, for the honorable member. <laughs> 
Thank you, Chair. Um, as is the case with most of the government recruitment exercises, it is advertised internationally and locally. Um, we always hope for local candidates. The reality is, in most instances, we don't get local candidates, so we um, assess and review based on the candidates that apply in some positions, I, I, I won't say, I can't say at this moment, but in some positions we did have local candidates and there were recommendations in respect of local persons, but um, not all of them presents that case. Honorable Bean, you may proceed. Just a statement to add to that. Um, with the big increase over the last couple of months, I'm sure now that we will have an uptake in local employment. Chair, thank you. It's a bit controversial. It depends on which, which um, it really does depend on which jobs um, post it is, because for some posts, for example, those requiring legal qualifications, the increase may still not be a sufficient draw, particularly in the local context, to get people to move from the private sector locally into the public sector, even with the increase, which was a concern that was expressed. But to your direct question, at the time when these, most, as I said, most of these are at the advanced stages of recruitment. So at the time when they were advertised and people applied, it would have been before the increase. So if we have persons who may, with the re local persons, who may, with the re increase, would now have considered the post, most of them are already too far advanced for them to apply, particularly um, the more senior posts. Um, Honorable Hall. Yes. Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Madam Deputy Attorney General. My question is from the development budget. Um, I know for some time I, I've seen the tender being advertised for some time for consultancy, I think, for the geodetic global navigational satellite systems. Have that position been, have that been awarded as yet? Chair, um, and thank you, Honorable Member, for the question. At the moment, it has not been awarded. Um, when we first tended, um, I believe um, we didn't get anything, and so we retended. And the, for the retendering, it closed on the either it was the 31st of January, or it may have been no, last week was the first week in February. So it closed on the 31st of January. The evaluation, it has been scheduled for a date next week, and so that is the stage where we are. So we hope, we did have some tenders this time, so we hope 
that we will be able to go through a successful evaluation and we hope that we will be able to award and start work actually um, before the end of the financial year. That is our hope that by the end of February, we would have a have and gone through the evaluation stage. We would be near to a contract being in place and so that the work can start. Some of the work, um, it's, it can start almost immediately. Thank you for that answer. It is a date on something. Do we have any further questions by members? With no further questions, we want to thank you for appearing before us this afternoon and for answering the questions um, posed to you. So we do wish you a good afternoon um, and thank you for coming. Um, we will now adjourn until 2 p.m. where we will have the police that will appear before us, um, which will be the end of, which will bring the Appropriations Committee hearing for 2324 to a close.